is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are breakthrough. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show podcast, Anthony sits down with Nicholas Pino. Nick is a health journalist who has published more than 1,500 online articles through a daily newsletter called Nick and Jen's Healthy Life. In 2017, he authored The Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMFs, an unconventional book which combines common sense and humor to tackle the very serious topic of electromagnetic pollution and its adverse effects on human health. We strongly believe that one of the most pressing issues we face today is overexposure to harmful electromagnetic fields, or EMFs. In this game-changing interview, Anthony and Nick discuss what are EMFs and what is the difference between non-native, unnatural EMFs that damage our cells and naturally occurring EMFs in our environment. What are the most dangerous sources of harmful EMFs? How EMFs damage our mitochondria and increase our risk of cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, and all chronic degenerative conditions, and most importantly, what you can do now to protect yourself and your family from the health implications of harmful EMFs. So without further ado, sit back and relax and enjoy Anthony's conversations with Nick Pino. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. All right, I'm here with my man, Nick Pino, health journalist, world-class expert on electromagnetic fields and author of the Non-Tinfoil Hat Guide to EMFs. Nick, how you doing, man? Hey, Anthony, doing very, very good today, and I can't <laughs> wait to talk about it. You know what? I've been, I've been researching this topic for almost 2,000 hours in the last months, and sometimes it gets a bit lonely, and when someone gives me a mic, I just get crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited, brother, and I love, that, uh, I love that you really dive deep into topics, and you have a healthy obsession that really shows in everything that you do, so let's, let's dive in. How did you... How did you get started in health and fitness, but more specifically, like what, what turned you on to the topic of EMFs? Because this is something that we're just starting to hear about now. I mean, like 2011, the World Health Organization labeled cell phones as a possible carcinogen. A lot of people aren't even aware of that. But what kind of brought you to the point where you're like, this is a book that needs to be written? I've been writing about health online for four years, about 1,500 articles published on a newsletter called Nick and Jen Healthy Life. And I've been kind of in my little corner of the internet doing my thing. And I wasn't really satisfied with that. So I was trying to come up with a bigger project where I can spend, instead of being like a generalist and knowing uh, bits and pieces here and there, like, oh, I know a bit about infrared saunas. I know a little bit about detox. I know a little bit about energy. Uh, I wanted to be good at one thing. And I started a project on cancer I uh, spent one year on that, uh, the entire 2016, even did uh, six or seven interviews in January of this year, 2017. Uh, it, it just didn't feel right. I, I wasn't excited about the topic anymore. And there was this other topic in the back of my head, um, just hearing different podcasts, interviews with building biologists. These guys, building biologists, what they do, they come to your house and they look at uh, the levels of electromagnetic fields in your house. So these things are emitted by 
uh, cell phones, but also Wi-Fi and anything Bluetooth. And these days, uh, God knows that everyone has uh, these dimmer switches you can control with your iPhone and everything is connected and smart, smart TV. And uh, these levels can be crazy and can uh, definitely sap your health. So uh, I heard these guys talk about the issue and I realized, wait a minute, maybe this is bigger than what I thought. And when I started diving into those and, and I, I read all the best-selling books on Amazon, started with that, then after that I I purchased an interview series uh, from a guy called Lloyd Burrell uh, or Burrell from electricsands.com. It's, it's amazing, like 60 different experts. Um, then I became like just accustomed to the subject and then I was like, okay, it's a real problem but I don't know exactly what to tell people how to avoid it that that was my problem that was my the, the beginning of my obsession was uh like you at that point i knew i want to avoid ems and we can get in, into why but how do you do it without kind of living off the grid right like i didn't want to do that i live in a city i want to continue to be in a city that means i am being exposed by even like my neighbor's wi-fi or even my neighbor in the subway train that's playing around with uh, his cell phone because he thinks it's it's important to take emails uh, anytime he's he's like he has a spare time. I cannot deal with that. So I was wondering like how can I tell people how can they protect themselves? And that was the beginning of this entire project for the Nantin Full Guide to EMS. You and I have talked extensively about EMFs, and uh, we're going to get into some of the things that you share in, in simple, applicable ways protect your family, protect your own health, but also, again, not have to, you don't have to grow a beard and move into the mountains or, uh, <laughs> no. you know, quit your, quit your job in the city. There are lots of little things that are small changes, but high leverage, especially when you compound them on a daily basis. This is kind of funny when it comes to EMS, because I was talking with my family the other day and we were remembering back to like third grade in the science fair. I don't, did, did you do that growing up in Canada? Oh yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. So you're going to get a kick out of this. Um, I was thinking back to the third grade science fair and my chosen topic, don't ask me how I chose this, but it was the effect of electromagnetic fields, iremosphera algae cells. And basically what the experiment entailed was taking test tubes of this iremosphera algae and you had your control group that was not exposed to EMFs and you had the other group which was wrapped in copper coils that were radiating electromagnetic fields and over a period of a few weeks you would see how those electromagnetic fields affected the algae. It was crazy to see in such a short period of time the algae that were exposed to electromagnetic fields, there was about 20% of them remaining compared to the control. And wow. the ones that were remaining had damaged DNA. They had compromised motility. They weren't swimming right. It basically destroyed their health. Now, these are like single-celled organisms, so it's a little bit, it takes a little bit longer with humans. But on many levels, there are, there are similar things taking place, are there not? Yeah, well, the same thing is happening uh, on many levels. Let's say your audience knows very well about mitochondria, right? They know pretty well. We'll give them, pretty well. So, we'll give them a quick recap. Yeah. So the mitochondria, you have, uh, I think, 500 to 1,000 per cell, and these are uh, little, uh, little power plants inside the cell that produce your energy. Uh, and these are, if I remember correctly, uh, the science book, uh, basically a kind of bacteria 
that has migrated to the human cell over evolution. But that's getting a little bit uh, too too far. But basically, anything that affects mitochondria will eventually uh, reduce your energy. That's a that's a thing. Every everyone these days studying even cancer, they're discovering that maybe the root cause of a lot of uh, major diseases is mitochondrial dysfunction, mm-hmm. which which means that your energy production goes down and everything happens inside the cell. Well, Dr. Mercola, he's a guy that that's looking in, that's starting to realize how much EMFs are a problem, and and I'm I'm glad that he's doing it. Well, he, he told us a couple of weeks ago in a video uh, that EMFs are the number one mitochondrial poison. And why is he saying that? Well, there's a mechanism. A lot of people think like, well, well, um, the the argument against EMFs and the fact that they cannot do anything. Like this is something you hear from people that work in the IT, physicists, uh, and even people that work in the co- telecom industry. They're going to tell you, well, it's non-ionizing radiation. It means that compared to ionizing radiation, that's that's like nuclear stuff or X-rays. It cannot possibly break human DNA. It doesn't have enough power. So it, and, and then the argument stops there. However, they're discovering now that well, there are other ways aside from DNA, from direct DNA damage, that your cells and your mitochondria can be affected by these extremely low-level signals. And one of them is the calcium channels. So basically, imagine that uh, you have the opening in a, in a human cell. It's like a garage door that opens and closes to let calcium in, calcium out, and everything is smooth. When uh, EMFs come in, these doors work with electricity, obviously. Uh, everything inside a cell works with with electromagnetism, with uh, with electricity. Well, it gets disrupted, and just uh, exposure from Wi-Fi, for example, can let the garage door kind of stuck open and let the calcium flow in. And when there's too much calcium inside a cell, it creates oxidation, oxidative oxidative damage, and this can lead to a lot of problems. So it's not direct damage like X-rays; it's indirect damage, but a problem is that we're exposed 24-7. So the problem is really like the length of exposure. If we were exposed for maybe a couple hours a day, I don't think we would see much problems. But these days, I think that a lot of people's health are, is struggling way more than, than it's supposed to. And part of the reason is EMS. It's not the sole reason for every single disease. That, that would be crazy for me to say that. But I, I think that it makes everything worse, basically. I, I agree, and I love that. So to, to summarize, and, and correct me if I'm wrong or, or, or mishearing you here, our mitochondria are like the little energy power plants of our cells. They're responsible for taking oxygen and food and, and converting that into energy in the form of ATP. And what happens when we are exposed to electromagnetic fields, non, unnatural electromagnetic fields that are not compatible with, with our cells is it's causes these calcium channels, these almost like a garage door that when it, when the garage door is working properly, it will let calcium into the cell and, and out as needed. But when we're exposed to EMFs, it basically causes the garage door, these calcium channels to get jammed open and too much calcium enters the cells that calcium causes oxidative stress, um, AKA free radicals. And that, that those free radicals damage our mitochondria and make, and, and negatively impact our ability to make energy. This is exactly right. This is probably way better put than I just put it myself. But uh, it, seriously, it's exactly that. And if you agree 
that this is happening inside the cell. It means that technically EMFs can worsen or cause pretty much anything. So this is why I think we see so many different symptoms that people think are related to EMFs that range from uh, headaches to heart palpitations or people that have heart heart problems uh, if they keep it in the, their front pocket or sperm damage when they, the men keep it in, the, in their uh, pants pocket or even breast cancer uh, right where uh, women used to uh, to place their cell phone right next to in their bra. This is uh, John West from uh, California researcher that, that found a cluster of those. So there's a lot of indications that it can cause problem mainly where you get exposed. So if you get exposed really close to your body, it can case, cause problem right there. So this is why uh, we're going to dive into recommendations on how not to get exposed that much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, and as you know, as I started making some of these connections with your help, and again, Nick's guide is uh, the the non tinfoil emf.com, right? N O N T I N F O I L E M F dot com. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Once I started using the, you know, an electro smog meter to to see what type of EMF output some of these everyday electronics were were creating, um, you know, things that 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 I'm exposed to myself five to twelve hours a day, um, it was it was incredibly eye opening. And um, you know, to put things in perspective, you you mentioned heart palpitations and headaches, like. Yeah. Without going into too much nerdery or um, metrics that people may not understand, like there are studies that are showing heart palpitations, headaches, and and even um, cardiac issues with very small amounts of exposure, um, as low as as low as 0.5 milliwatts per meter squared. But um, much more substantially, there's even a greater body of of scientific literature when you start getting into like five milliwatts per meter squared. And like people don't need to concern themselves with what what the heck are milliwatts per meter squared. You can just think in terms of units like 0.5 and 5. That little amount has been shown to be dangerous. And as you and I started, you know, as you were writing the book and and we were kind of realizing, oh my gosh, this is, this is a huge problem. Um, and, and I think you and I even discussed that, like, we're kind of at that point in history where, it's a lot like cigarettes, you know, like in the 50s and 60s, yeah. people that started talking about how cigarettes were bad and the risks of not just smoking, but secondhand smoke, everybody else saw them as radical extremists, right? Yeah. And then yeah. and then today it's kind of like, you know, 50, 60 years later, it's kind of like, duh, this is a huge problem, you know, and like hardly anyone's smoking now and the people that are know that they're putting themselves at risk. We're, we're kind of like that with EMFs. And uh, as you got me to start, you know, measuring some of these things and um, and and really paying attention, I mean, just the Wi-Fi that I was running twenty four seven in my home was kicking out four hundred to six hundred milliwatts per meter square. So there's studies showing yeah. that as little as five is dangerous. And I've got something in my home kicking out levels at 400, 500, 600 milliwatts per meter squared. And that's happening all over the world. It is. It is. And when it comes to, uh, to it's, it's perfect segue on what to do. For example, think, think about sources of EMFs that you know. For example, your cell phone or Wi-Fi router. And your mission, if you want to avoid it, is to get it as 
far from your body as possible because radiation basically at one foot you you lose 80% of the problem or you're exposed to 80% less so this is not something a lot of people understand but it's exponentially uh, lower exposure than you're that you're exposed to when you create distance so that's one of the keys so when it comes to Wi-Fi router for example there are two things you need to do with it first when you go to sleep you shut down this Wi-Fi and there's no reason to have it on I, I, I hope you do not scroll Facebook and Instagram at 3 a.m. because uh, you need to uh, to listen to Anthony's stuff a little bit more and you know that's not good for you. And on top of that, your cell phone, I always keep it one foot away from my body minimum. So when I talk on it, for example, instead of having it right next to you, your ear, you can have it at a distance, hold it in your hand or even put it on a table and then use uh, earbuds. The Apple earbuds are perfectly fine for that, any kind of headphone that's wired. And for that reason, well, Bluetooth is, is not really better. And in, in some cases, Bluetooth devices can actually emit more than a cell phone, so up to seven times more, according to one building biologist I, I saw measurements from. Uh, so Bluetooth is basically the same signal uh, as your cell phone. So instead of having a cell phone, you want to avoid EMF. And instead, you put something deeper in your skull that emits the same kind of EMF, but to a lo lower power. It doesn't make sense. You're, you're barely taking care of the problem. So instead, you just create distance. So right there, if you follow that, you remove a lot of the potential problems. Another thing, like let's say you use a laptop, same thing. You do not want to have it on your lap. I know it's useful. I, I'm an entrepreneur. Anthony, you probably, you, you probably are talented to do that. But if you do that without using some kind of shielding between, well, your sensitive parts right there and your uh, your computer, it's basically like having a cell phone, but instead of having it to your head, you have it right next to your junk, <laughs> pardon the expression. But I mean, it's what you're doing. You're, you're blasting your, your more, most important uh, hormone-producing uh, glands to these signals. And what do you think it's doing? Well, the research on it is, is very, very, um, um, it, it's just starting, especially when it comes to testosterone or hormone production. But what it's doing to male sperm is known and is accepted right now. There are over, I think in my book, I have over 10 or 12 different meta-analyses that each look at 20 or 30 studies that show that each conclude that sperm damage and lowered count and motility and quality happens from cell phone exposure or having a laptop on your lap. One study that cited very often is four hours of laptop use on the lap in men will reduce your sperm motility by 25%. So it means 25% of your sperms are or, um, cannot do their job. Absolutely, and this is—I mean, this is a huge area of interest for people that are trying to have babies. You know, we're seeing more and more instances of infertility, yes. difficulty having children, and one of the overlooked areas is this this rampant EMF exposure. You know, we're sitting with our laptops on our lap. Um, we're sitting with our cell phones in our pockets, and and I've even um, I've even heard studies that have shown over time um, you can you can actually it's kind of funny I was mentioning this study to my business partner Russell who uh, who you know and I I uh, brought his attention to the fact that extended EMF exposure particularly like having your cell phone on and transmitting while in your pocket um, can decrease sperm count by around fifty percent and um, yes and Russell. Russell, who has five kids, he wrote back and he goes, that's really interesting. He goes, so does that mean if I get a second cell phone that I can uh, 
skip this uh, vasectomy? He goes, because having two cell phones <laughs> sounds a lot more fun. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, well, it depends if you still want to have a prostate and, <laughs> and uh, t- like functioning hormones. That's the thing. I know a lot of people make that joke. Even I, I told I told a guy at the U.S. Customs uh, two weeks ago, uh, do not put your cell phone in your pocket. He asked me for a health tip because I told him I'm a health journalist. And uh, he's like, oh, well, I don't want children, so I'm all good. I'll, I'll continue using my cell phone in my pocket. But it's not just about children, is it? I mean, fertility, even if you don't want kids, is uh, a great reflection of your entire health. The, the, the more fertile you are, it's, it shows that you're healthy. This is generally true. And like in, in studies, it shows. So we joke about those things. But think about your prostate as a man. Like what can happen if these signals are, are near your prostate back pocket or even front pocket? It's still a problem, you know? It's a problem. And there's a lot of signs and fingers pointing to, to EMFs far more so than than what the ancestral health community and paleo community has us would would have us believe is you know gluten or grains or glyphosate or beans totally it, just imagine well emfs like the number one thing that i kind of skipped through uh, is 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 your bedroom so um, because you you made me think about testosterone and low testosterone, I, I struggled with low libido for the last couple of years, and I struggled with adrenal fatigue and really disrupted hormones, overall mood swings, a bunch of things that we worked together on that were probably related to parasites, but it's probably also related to EMS. And the way I discovered that is that uh, we just moved in an apartment two months ago here in Montreal, and uh, I purchased something. Um, I'll have to look up the name and look, put that in the show notes, but it's it's a re- little remote control that can control one outlet. So basically, before going to bed, Jen is always the last, like she plays on Instagram or something, and then boom, she closes the Wi-Fi. And the second that she turns off the Wi-Fi and that I have about seven to eight hours of sleep with no Wi-Fi on, even though the levels are low and that's measured by my electrosmog meter, I start having, how can I put this... Uh, in a in a gentle way, uh, just morning wood. Like this is something as a man that you're supposed to have if you have a healthy levels of testosterone and, and libido. So it's basically like Wi-Fi automatically prevents my body from producing the uh, either it's uh, human growth hormone or testosterone. I don't know what it is exactly, but it, it has to, to do with deep sleep. So the second that you sleep in an environment with high EMS, whether it's uh, the Wi-Fi that's at the other side of your home, it can actually affect you. But oftentimes people will have their cell phone right next to their head or even um, right below their their head uh, underneath the pillow, it's a big mistake. So what they should do instead is just put it on airplane mode. And in airplane mode, it still works fine for your your, your alarm, for tracking your sleep, all those things. But of course, you cannot receive phone calls. If you want to receive phone calls, you can leave it. But at least like 10 foot or even like uh, maybe another another room would be preferable because it will disrupt your sleep. And you have to understand that even though you're not making a call, you're not playing on your cell phone, it's just on idle mode. It's pinging the cell phone tower multiple times per minute just to make sure that it's still connected. So you're still you're still exposed to boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And it's as if you're trying to sleep deeply while someone is poking you in the head, but you don't know it. 
boom. Yeah, I, I mean that was that was brilliant. And and what I love about the non tinfoil EMF guide, which again is is available at non tinfoilemf.com, is that you're not this this is not hearsay or opinion. You're taking five hundred studies and condensing them down into a very simple step by step guide that tells people things that are actionable and and practical for reducing their exposure to these things. Like, you know, for example, one of the things that I'm, I'm using right now, which is, um, you know, some recommendations that you've given, you, you, you turned me on to, uh, some resources that were really helpful in reducing EMFs. Like we're talking, I'm on my laptop right now. I'm outside. Um, so that I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit away from the router, um, created some distance there. I've got an extra long extension cord um, that's hooked up to my Sellit headset, which is a low EMF headset. Um, and you and I are chatting, but I'm probably four feet away from the computer. And it's not much more difficult than sitting right in front of the computer, um, right next to the router. We're having the same end result, but my exposure, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. just by getting a few feet away is dramatically reduced. Yeah, it's a great idea, honestly. Just doing that is a huge difference. In my case, I use an external keyboard. Well, it's actually Bluetooth, so I'm I'm embarrassed by that. But I told everyone in the book that, well, it gets that this health journalist writing on EMF still has work to do. And it's true. Like, I'm not even perfect myself. I use a freaking, like, mouse that's wireless. I shouldn't. I know I will change it eventually, but I'm not just destroying it with a hammer because... Like with any topic, you do not want to create stress when you make these changes because I think it's going to be counterproductive. Like we all have so many things to do. So this is why I want you to take an approach where it's step by step. First, remove the devices from the bedroom. Shut down the breaker at night. Cool. And then if you want to go deeper, I have deeper things to share. But unless you do the first steps i don't want to take uh, i don't want to take you through the the advanced stuff because it will make you literally freak out and i see a lot of people that are just in fear and i i think about their their cortisol levels and what it's doing to their sleep and i'm like well is that really a good thing that they learn about EMS, maybe they would be better being ignorant about it because they're so stressed it's it, it's something being stre- there's so many stressors you know man you you with with pesticides and everything we're exposed to. It's a lot of these. And on top of that, it's invisible. Like, And Nick Pino was telling me like I should avoid invisible stuff. It, it sure sounds kind of crazy, but uh, it's nothing like that. And it, it really comes down to taking action and reducing and, and getting it educated and reducing it uh, as much as possible, especially in children, especially in people who are fighting disease and especially in pregnant women and people who are just at risk. Um, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's really important. So you brought up two great points there. One is, is something that I think trumps all of these techniques and strategies because we're in a modern world now where we're exposed to so many things that can negatively impact our health that if you are always trying to reduce that or are in the pursuit of perfection, you're going to be in a constant state of stress. And I think what trumps any of these techniques is a commitment to, to spending as much time as possible in a beautiful state of mind where you're enjoying your life, you're at peace and accepting of the, the, the world we live in, but you're also conscious enough to reduce unnecessary threats, right? Yes. Things, things that you yes. can control. And like, I think we've all, we've all seen the, the person who's, um, you know, really fit and healthy, but they're exercising because they feel like they have to, 
every morning. And if they, yeah. and if they yeah. don't, then everything's going to fall apart. And, you know, if they, if they have dessert, the, you know, their world is going to come crashing down and we don't, that, that's not healthy either. Um, so it's finding balance, having that commitment to a beautiful state of mind and, um, and then putting some of these strategies in place so that you have the compound benefit of, just creating a healthier lifestyle overall and reducing unnecessary threats. And then you mentioned children. Why is this a more important pressing issue for children versus adults? Why are why is say a child talking on a cell phone, you know, having that device next to their head, um, even more dangerous than an adult doing the same? Sure, I'll try to to stay short. I knew you wanted this to be short. I could talk about that for two hours. The children alone, but basically, a children children have a smaller head. So right there, the cell phone signal will penetrate. Actually, just go through the head instead of just penetrating the first few inches in a in an adult. Cell phones have never been tested to use by uh, anything else than a two hundred and twenty pound man. This is the model that they use called uh, Sam S A M uh, with which stands for um, specific anthropomorphic mannequin. Doesn't even matter. But anyway, it's a big mannequin head, and they blast it with signal. They test your cell phone, and this is how they say it's safe. Uh, imagine a seven-year-old children, four-year-old children. It has nothing to do with it. So you're probably exposed to 20 times more radiation if you're if your child. On top of that. Uh, pound per pound, children will absorb 60% more radiation uh, over their entire body because they have a higher water content. This is something I've learned from uh, Daniel Debon. He's an EMF engineer, uh, author of uh, Radiation Nation, really great guy. And uh, that's, that's, that's incredible. When you learn that, you're like, oh my God. Well, so anything that we talked about today, it's 60% worse for children, even when we talk about Wi-Fi or anything. And the third prong, uh, of the of my answer right there is uh, well they're trying to develop a brain so when you're developing we don't know exactly what it's doing but chances are there there are strong links right now martin pal the guy i talked about with the calcium channels he's like i'm not saying this but he is saying and he's a, a really renowned scientist he's retired so he has the right to say whatever the, whatever the heck he wants he says that the main cause of the autism epidemic is chemicals plus emfs that act in a synergistic fashion to disrupt neural development and neurons, how they find each other and, and create like uh, and create a, your brain is through magnetism and the calcium channels seem to affect directly neuronal development. So and I, it's it like right there. I, I said that and some people are like in shock. Uh, it's just a, it's just a fact that the research. Is, is not definitive. I'm not saying it's, it, it's causal necessarily, but it's getting there. And unfortunately, the more research comes out, the more proof that there is or, or a likeliness that EMFs are a huge problem. And one thing that happened, Cindy Sage, and I cannot remember the other doctor, sorry about that, uh, events, uh, whoever you are, but they developed a specific protocol for autistic child. And they have basically... 80% of children that respond very well and that uh, start um, getting better after two weeks when they only remove uh, a few sources of EMS in the environment. And these are the sources I told you about, Wi-Fi at night, baby monitors at night, wireless phone and cell phones at night. 
and also shutting down the breaker to the bedroom. They, they only do that. It's all free. It takes five seconds, and they see 80% of autistic kids uh, start to get way better. Uh, so that's an indication that if it's not causal, it's a factor that's keeping them in a state where they're not optimal at all. Nick, I, I, that's, that's amazing. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's kind of what I've boiled everything down to now as like, we have health issues that, that can, can be addressed to improve someone's health and energy production and everything. But I think ultimately it all boils down to toxins. You've got your toxins of choice, yeah. the stuff that we put in our body. You've got your environmental toxins, and you've got the toxins that come from within, whether those are like infections, bacterial, viral, parasitic, um, even mold and, and fungal, right? And then you've got your EMFs, and all of those things contribute to screw up our mitochondria. Basically, if you want to improve your health, you got to figure out what is impacting you the most and start working there. Start reducing your exposure to EMFs. Figure out what sources of toxicity may be playing a role in your situation and, um, and start reducing those. Start opening up, not, not, just, not just mobilizing those toxins, but figuring out how to mobilize and remove them from the body. And in doing that, you can couple that with things like improving thyroid function, like improving adrenal function, um, like cleaning up your diet and removing some toxins there. But rarely is just of decreasing your grain consumption or going ketogenic or following a paleo template going to take care of the, the problem because it's only addressing a tiny part of the toxins that we're exposed to. And it has nothing to do with any of these EMFs, which, which, you know, you're sharing some really insightful statistics and, and ways that they can just destroy our mitochondria. Yeah, yeah, there's so many things. And they want me to share one one last tidbit about uh, the link with leaky gut that I, I'm finding. Yeah. If you want, okay. Um, basically, there are many studies, I think 12, that, that looked at EMFs and blood-brain barrier disruption. So basically, when you put a cell phone next to your head, it, it, sh it looks like when you screw up with calcium in, in, in cells, it weakens membranes. So uh, not a lot of people know that. But one of the reasons they rarely use chemo for brain cancer is that when you inject chemo in someone, toxins, that is the chemotherapy agents that uh, are supposed to kill cancer, they cannot go through a membrane that protects your brain. That's called the blood-brain barrier. It's like a strong barrier that lets only nutrients in and toxins out. And it's, it's very strong usually in a healthy human being. It looks like cell phone signals will open up uh, this barrier and let toxins in. So there might be a link with people that have a lot of brain fog and toxicity in the brain and even Alzheimer's. Uh, but another thing that proves that this is happening is that uh, the FDA has approved many devices that are called electrochemotherapy. And basically how, how they work is that they use PEMF, so pulse electromagnetic fields that are similar to a cell phone to open up the blood-brain barrier and let chemotherapy agents in. So we use it as medicine, but we don't recognize that your cell phone can do it uh, and, and it can cause something harmful when it's not used in a very specific way. 
So which is kind of crazy. So imagine now translate that to instead of using it next to your head, you're someone like me who just texts and will scroll their Instagram feed next to their belly button looking down. Everyone, I see everyone these days doing that. Well, you're irradiating your intestines and your entire digestive tract with the exact same signal that has been proven to weaken barriers. So I cannot tell you it causes leaky gut, but right there you have good indication that maybe people are successfully like creating leaky gut. So when I hear people from the ancestral health community uh, not addressing EMS, I'm like, well, you can heal leaky gut with glutamine and, and colostrum, but what if you're successfully cutting it by just texting a few a few minutes a day or just by looking at your Instagram feed because you want to see how many likes you have. Uh, it's it's kind of twisted, but I think it's a, it's happening. And uh, Jack Cruz is one guy that says this is happening. I'm seeing a lot of people. I'm trying to contact researchers in gut health and see if they have proof of that, but there's no research on it at the moment. But my prediction, let's say that I make predictions today, uh, would be that we'll see links between leaky gut, just like we're seeing leaky brain a little bit, and, and all other leaky barriers uh, that in, in the body that are not supposed to be leaky, and now they get leaky, now you get food intolerances, and even links with autoimmunity. Like, I know you see that all the time, so can you imagine what it's causing? I don't know, it's just a uh, something that totally blows my mind and that makes me super scared. Like people avoid it next to their head, but then they transfer the problem to maybe an even more sensitive area. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes complete sense and I think you're right on. I think these epidemic levels of leaky gut and neurodegenerative diseases, and, and I mean, we might as well throw in cancer and, and heart disease, which are the number, number one and number two causes of death right now in America. Yeah. Um, a lot of it can be linked to cellular dysfunction. And we know that one of, one of the main and most overlooked culprits behind cellular dysfunction are these non-native EMFs. Nick, this has been amazing. Let's real quick, let's rapid fire. What are the top three to five worst sources of EMFs that we're exposed to today? The ones that are really close to your body. So cell phones, tablets, laptops, uh, and then a Wi-Fi router, I see a lot of people doing the mistake that they have an office and it's right next to their hard drive. It's like the computer is in front of them, then you have the Wi-Fi router, and then the hard drive, and then the mouse. No, big mistake. You want to have that as, as, as far as possible, 10 feet or more. And the number five, well, it depends. It can be, it can be an external source like a, a smart meter. I would say other sources in the, in the bedroom would be like... Uh, probably like a breaker panel on the other side of the wall or something like that that is hard to control. But uh, this is why I recommend that a lot of people get a building biologist to check out their place just to make sure they don't miss any of these sources. Yeah, after you and I had this conversation, um, so what happened with like my, my girlfriend moved into my place at the end of 2016 and shortly thereafter – She'd never experienced anxiety in her life. Shortly thereafter, she started experiencing anxiety. She had, she had her first panic attack ever. Fortunately, it was her only panic attack, but um, th these were some interesting changes. So we made a more conscious effort to really reduce EMFs, but what we ended up finding that was really interesting was that um, the wall where we sleep at night, <laughs> which is basically like at the headboard of my bed, um, that wall was kicking out 30 milliwatts per meter squared of EMFs even after we killed the breakers. Which basically wow. means the neighbor probably has a high-powered Wi-Fi router right on the other side of that wall. 
Yeah. And um, when, so we said, all right, well, let's do a test. Let's go, let's go camping. Um, and, and we did like basically like a circadian reset um, within 24 hours. When we were at home in the city, sleeping in that environment, anxiety was 24 seven. When we go camping within 24 hours, her anxiety was gone and it was, was absent the entire week. We came, yeah. we came back from that trip within 12 hours, the anxiety returned. So she seems to be very sensitive and I would, I would have someone uh, look at their environment and, and maybe you're going to have to do some, some works there to, to, to shield and whatnot. But if you do want to live at this place, I think, uh, needless to say, this is super important that she fixes that so she can just be healthy. Like you don't want to live in anxiety. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. We're, we're moving to Delray beach and we're actually headed there this week to check out places. And, um, I'm going to be bringing a few of the devices that, that you and I use to measure EMF levels in, um, in, in your home environment to make sure that any place we're moving into, we're not in that same situation because you can't control, if, if you're in a townhome or an apartment or a condo, you can't control what your neighbors are doing. Okay, top three things people could do to reduce their exposure right away. Always stay one foot from your device. Mm -hmm. And uh, so any kind of device that's portable, tablet, um, computer, uh, cell phone, whatever. And then kill off breakers at night. Mm -hmm. And number three would be, I think, just making sure that your cell phone is in, on airplane mode whenever you have it carried on your body or even even if you carry it as a woman you carry it in in your bra or you go uh run i see people run with their cell phone open and want it like every time that uh you think it can be closed close it and, and one thing i shared on another podcast i think it's a it's a good way to sum up the entire interview uh just switch the like think think about the way you're currently using technology and switch it the other way around what i mean is uh, normally, it's always on and sometimes off. You want to switch it around to always off and sometimes on. So you just open technology, open signals whenever you need them and not keeping them on for uh, just useless exposure, basically. I, I love that. And, um, and and you share a lot more in, at uh, nontinfoilemf.com in your book. Um, some of the things that, that I've started doing since you've illuminated a lot of this stuff phone is always in airplane mode. I've even found that you can respond to, you can batch your work where you basically like you have your cell phone on and, you know, getting all of your text messages and everything like that. Then you can put it in airplane mode. You can respond to all of the text messages. Your phone will save it. And then you, you can, you can take it out of airplane mode, step away from your phone, let it transmit, send all of those text messages to everybody. And then you can put it back in airplane mode so that it's not transmitting while it's in your hand. So that's something that you could do. And just the same way that like a lot of people for productivity have started batching their work with, you know, email, you know, they'll only log yeah. in and check email once or twice a day. We can apply a similar, a similar strategy to what we're doing with technology, with our cell phone, with text messages, with uh, social media. Exactly. And one other thing you can do while on airplane mode that I actually learned just a few months ago while writing the book is that you can use your uh, your phone as a GPS and have it on airplane mode, believe it or not. So what you do is you input your destination while you're on 3G, 4G or Wi-Fi, whatever, you're connected to the, the web. You input your destination and then Google Maps will give you the uh, itinerary. You click go start and then you put airplane mode. And what it's going to do is that it can still geolocate you through something called the, the location services. So it, it without 
uh, irradiating you with a ton of signal is basically undetectable signal that's used just to ping your position and know where you are. And it's using also the magnometer inside inside a phone to to know how fast you're moving, for example. So I actually did an entire trip, four hours of uh, by car to go see some friends, and I was in airplane mode all the time and still having a perfect GPS signal. That's crazy. Oh, that is that is awesome, Nick. I think I mean. I, I know just from the other discussions that we've had offline, we could probably go on for hours and hours about oh, this. Yes. <laughs> and I think if we if we started getting into air air travel and some of these other rabbit holes that you and I have gone down, um, people would find that fascinating. So if if the listeners are enjoying this and finding some of these tips helpful, and even even more importantly, if they start if you guys start applying this stuff and noticing changes in your life with your sleep, with your energy, um, make sure you pick up Nick's book at non-tinfoilemf.com. It's amazing. I got, I was, I was fortunate enough to get an advanced copy and I've already been tearing through it. Um, and that's after months of talking about this stuff with Nick and, and there's just a gold in there. Um, but share your experiences with us. Um, message me, message Nick with what you guys are finding, how this is improving your sleep, how it's improving your energy, how it's reducing your anxiety and stress and, um, help this information get out there to other people because it really is, we are a part of what I would consider to be the largest, uh, human experiment in history. And it, it is how, how does decades of these unnatural electromagnetic fields and toxins that we've that we've introduced into our modern world, how does that impact us? What, is it, what does it do to our cells and what are the, the consequences? Employing some of this stuff will protect you and it will protect your family. And staying along with people like Nick who are, are at the cutting edge is one of the best ways to, uh, to make sure that you're, you're protected. Nick, this has been amazing, man. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. It was a real pleasure. For people that want to stay up to date with things you're working on, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, it's uh, either nontinfoemf.com to purchase the book or Nick and Jen with a G and not a J because she's her real name is Geneviève because we're French Canadians. Uh, Nick and Jen healthylife.com and these links will probably be on your website or show notes or something. But this is where uh, I write uh, a daily newsletter about health, uh, multiple health topics and have been for years and it's still going on. Uh, EMFs is just part of the equation, as you know. So I'm still uh, trying to figure out uh, different ways that people can stay healthy. Awesome. Non-tinfoilemf.com. Nick, it has been a pleasure. And I'm uh, one of these days going to light a fire under your butt to, to get that, uh, that book you were writing on cancer out there as well, because I think there's probably a lot that uh, people could benefit from in, in that piece of work as well. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by thedoctor.com, spelled the dr.com, which is my go-to resource for gluten sensitivity and celiac disease information. I love a number of their products and I use a few of them myself and with clients dealing with food sensitivities, autoimmunity, leaky gut, digestive issues, celiac disease, and IBS. Number one is perhaps the supplement I use more than any other with my one-on-one clients to help heal the gut. And no, it's not a probiotic. It's New Medica G. 
GI Restore. GI Restore is a 100% pure bovine colostrum collected within the first 16 hours after birthing. It's a natural whole food that provides a rich source of IgG and PRP, which stands for proline-rich polypeptides, protein, immune factors, growth factors, vitamins, and minerals to support gut health and vitality naturally. GI Restore functions to support a reduction of intestinal-related issues, protect against irritations from toxins, and promote epithelial growth and repair. It's literally the only colostrum I use and recommend. My dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2015. As you may know, emerging research implicates gluten sensitivity as a contributing factor for Parkinson's. I use GI Restore from thedoctor.com as a part of my wellness prevention protocol. It's amazing. You will thank me. New Medica GI Restore. The second is New Medica Gluten Sensitivity PRP Balance Spray. PRP Balance is a bovine colostrum-based natural immune balancing spray. It contains proline-rich polypeptides, which help modulate normal immune responses. What are PRPs, you ask? PRPs are tiny, information-carrying proteins with amazing adaptability. In times of intense physical stress, they help enhance immune activity by promoting the production of cytokines. In the opposite situation, when a healthy immune system reacts to environmental factors through cytokine production, PRPs send signals via specific cell receptor sites to decrease the production of cytokines in order to balance the immune system. PRPs also help regulate the thymus gland, which is the body's central command center for the immune system. You can think of them like adaptogens for the immune system, helping to stimulate an underactive immune system or helping to downregulate an overactive immune system. They inhibit the overproduction of lymphocytes and T-cells and may help reduce minor symptoms related to allergies, tenderness, and swelling. The two are a one-two punch for digestive, leaky gut, and autoimmune-related conditions, and I frequently include both in customized protocols for clients. Plus, it happens to taste like candy, which is a huge bonus. I love them, and I think you will too. So all you need to do to give them a try is go to thedr.com, click on products, and you can choose one of those two products, Numedica GI Restore PRP Balance Spray. I recommend starting with Numedica GI Restore if you can only invest in one. There are also more than a dozen other products and biohacking approved books, white papers, and tips available on the site. It's that easy. Go to thedr.com. That's the T-H-E-D-R.com, my go-to resource for gluten sensitivity and celiac disease. Check them out and enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Millennial Health Systems. Millennial Health Systems engineers innovative and practical light hacking tools for enhancing energy, detoxification, boosting immune function, improving focus, accelerating recovery, and much, much more. They are the brains behind two of my favorite light biohacks I've been using for a long time now with myself and with clients, the Theralumin and the Spectrumite. The Spectrumite utilizes multiple frequency and color combinations delivered through 40 high-powered LEDs to increase mitochondrial function, the little energy powerhouses in our cells that produce ATP, boost nitric oxide production, and encourage a state of relaxed focus. It's based on NASA research, which has found this type of low-level laser therapy, abbreviated LLLT, greatly enhanced the natural wound healing process and more quickly returned patients to pre-injury and pre-illness levels of activity. It's a one-stop shop for all of your light hacking needs. I use both the Spectrumite and the Theralumin every week and consider the Theralumin a 
a cornerstone of the programs I put together and has helped some of my clients recover from chronic fatigue and other conditions with infectious causation like Lyme's disease. The Spectrumite is controlled via Wi-Fi using a smartphone application that's both intuitive and easy to use. And the Theralumen has literally two buttons, on and off. It's very simple. You can check out both products at millennialhealthsystems.com. That's millennialhealthsystems.com. Two L's and two N's in millennial. And right now, my listeners, that's you guys, will get $100 off the Theralumen and $50 off the Spectrumite. Just mention the code biohacks to get that discount. 